This is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. I'm happy to be back once again. This is a very, very exciting, big, very important weekend ahead of us. It's the most excited I've been for anything in wrestling in a long time. And that's saying a lot because you know there have been various shows this past year alone that I've been excited for. But this, this is different. This is, you know, my my childhood, my favorites coming back in a form that I never expected. And we'll get to that later on. That being said, we have plenty to discuss this week as we will be previewing SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 36 that will be at the end of the show and that's really where we'll talk about all of our WWE efforts here so what we are going to talk about is the debut episode of AEW Rampage as well as AEW Dynamite heading in to the second episode of AEW Rampage known as the first dance the first dance is a Hyped up episode, to say the least. So let's kick it off with Rampage. Rampage saw three matches take up its debut. The first ever match in the history of the show saw Kenny Omega defend the Impact World Championship against Christian Cage. Thought this match was really good. Uh, they didn't give too much to the point where their pay-per-view match will be ruined. But what they did do is make you believe that Christian Cage can, after all, beat Kenny Omega. He's the first person to pin Kenny Omega in what may be a year, um, especially in singles action, which, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, So the match broke down, of course. Uh, The Young Bucks slid a chair into the ring trying to help Kenny Kenny attempted to do the one-wing angel on there. That didn't happen. Christian turned into the kill switch onto the chair. One, two, three in the middle of the ring. I thought it was a really good start. People were into it. 
And really, it was the it was the perfect match from the show to kick off Rampage's history with. And if this is the type of you know action we're gonna get on a week to week basis for Rampage, then Rampage is gonna be a must see show. It's only an hour long, so that's automatically you know a welcoming sign. And the fact that this was so successful in their very first effort is just awesome. Just absolutely awesome. Um, the second match was Miro defending the hmm, TNT Championship. Yes, I forgot the name of it. Against the unsigned Fuego del Sol and the um, added stipulation to this is if Fuego del Sol was able to win the match, he would also get a contract with AEW. Of course, he didn't win the match because he's like 1-44. in 44. Uh, Miro was able to fend off the crazy offense by Fuego in the beginning, which was Tornado DDT after Tornado DDT. Uh, and it allowed... Miro to look like a monster still in the end while giving the fans a chance to believe in Fuego del Sol. I thought that was, you know, just a brilliant, brilliant way to do this match because it was still, you know, what we call a squash. But at the same time, it had the fans into it and made them believe. And I think Miro is doing just such an excellent job with that TNT championship. I was hard on him couple months ago when he was in the best man thing but the minute he got rid of that he's just been absolutely fantastic uh for aew uh after the match fuego del sol was handed a contract by his best friend in the world sammy guevara officially making him all elite pretty cool for him um you know because he's worked for them for pretty much the past year um wrestling on dark dark elevation Racking up nearly 50 matches for them. It was only a matter of time. And he makes for a great babyface. A great underdog. Because the people love him. He doesn't need to win for people to love him. And I'm sure he'll have uh, plenty of supporters moving forward. And finally, the main event of the evening saw Britt Baker defend the AEW Women's World Championship for her, her second time against Red Velvet. Uh, this match was okay. Nothing great, of course. Um, he managed to... I mean, Britt managed to defeat Velvet in the middle of the ring, which, you know, having her win clean is never a bad thing. Uh, Britt was the absolute babyface, as expected, when, you know, being in Pittsburgh, her hometown, it was a total one side cheer in that Revelva was booed uh, multiple times and I thought that made her the perfect option for this uh, she went to attack Red Velvet more when Chris Statlander the clear number one contender jumped into the ring tried to attack Britt from behind and that's when the returning Jamie Hayter would show up Jamie Hayter of stardom she's also been in AEW uh, in the past, I don't think she's been there for over a year, though, because, you know, pandemic happened, just didn't allow it. Uh, but she showed up, she's in the shape of her life, and she is now Britt Baker's enforcer, which I think is a really good role for her. You know, give her time to get accustomed to the AEW st 
style of sorts, which isn't like a crazy thing, but I think it'll get fans to know who she is more. And, you know, putting her with Brett, who's the most over women in the company, will not hurt because there will probably be a day where Jamie Hayter gets fed up and takes out Britt Baker, which should only benefit uh, both sides, especially Jamie down the line, which I think is great. But yeah, Rampage was an absolute killer show for its first week. And AEW is hitting on a lot of cylinders now. Um, I wouldn't say all cylinders because, you know, they have this weird, wonky build towards All Out. But it's going to be a great pay-per-view. And that's really that's really all that matters to me is that we get a great show because... That's what pay-per-views are for, and I think we are guaranteed one with the amount of matches that have been lined up. All signs point to a great tag team title match, which we're about to get to. So, really, it's just wonderful. AEW Dynamite was a very good show from start start to bottom, start to end. You know, see, this is why I don't speak all the time. Because I happen to, you know, never mind. Anyways, moving on. So, AEW Dynamite was, you know, great show. Great show, I thought. Um, you know, kicked off with Darby Allen and Sting versus 2.0, which was, I thought was awesome. Uh, just the brawl around the arena. I always love that. I don't know about you guys, but... Anytime they are able to just fight around the arena and bring chaos, oh, I always eat it up. I'm I'm a sucker for that. I just think it's so entertaining in the world of wrestling. Nine times out of ten, uh, you know, Sting got thrown through a table and then stood right back up. Like some people probably hated that because it's a sixty-year-old man going through a table, but. Nah, it was awesome because I I got so scared watching Sting go through the table. So you can only imagine how happy I was to see Sting just sit up and be ready. Um, Darby Allen got back up. He stared them down, uh, maybe. He hit them with something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 2.0 went back. They got double um, reverse DDTs. Scorpion Death Drop. There we go. That's the one. And he would uh, type in the... Type in. He would put in the Sharpshooter, the Scorpion Deathlock, to tap both men out in the middle of the ring. Sting just looking like an absolute beast. And I know people hate nostalgia. Um, I'll probably complain about Goldberg in, like, the next 20 minutes. But, man, Sting nostalgia is different. It's because he missed so much time. And he's just going in there and having the time of his life. He's going to get to retire the correct way. And I think that's what's the best out of all this. Next up with another great match on the card. Sammy Guevara versus Sean Spears. Uh, They battle outside the ring for a bit before making it back into the ring. Um, They just beat the living piss out of each other. This isn't the first time we've seen them fight each other. Um, they hit each other with every move possible, it felt like. Um, Guevara hit a, well, maybe an attitude adjustment, uh, burning hand, not a burning hammer, um, Death Valley driver onto a prompt up ba- barricade railing, 
um, which was, you know, attached to the ring in the actual barricade that bent in. He did a 630 splash that was for some reason kicked out of by Sean Spears. That kind of pissed me off because Sean Spears shouldn't kick out of the Death Valley driver onto the stale reeling, let alone the 630 splash that followed immediately. Um, Guevara would hit the go to hell uh, and win the match. I thought this was really good. Probably Sean Spears' best match in AEW. Um, I, I don't know if it's his best match of his career. Very well could be. I don't remember many great ones necessarily in NXT. But this was a really fun match. Um, and Sammy Guevara is an absolute beloved babyface. It helped that they're in Texas, but he's just cheered wherever he goes, and he played the part really well here. Uh, next up was the suspended, uh, you know, we've been waiting for like weeks for this. Dan Lambert showed up. He brought Andre Arvlovsky, former UFC world champion, and Junior Dos Santos, also a former UFC world heavyweight champion, uh, with him as backup. Uh, he cut this promo, how he hated everyone, yada, yada, yada. People really liked it. I didn't know. I didn't think it was that special. Um, maybe it's just because, like, he was just screaming the whole time, and he, I felt like he was just repeating what he said last time. Because in the end, I don't know what the result of this is. Um, Lance Archer, of course would make his way down, but the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, would beat him down on the ramp, and I was very confused. I had no idea what we were doing here. I just I just thought you said, you know, why? <laughs> like, I don't understand what we're... I like Ethan Page... I think Scorpio Sky is very dry. He's he's good as a singles wrestler. I mean, a tag team wrestler. Not much more. But I I don't... It's hard to care. And if they're just inserting them into this Dan Lambert, Lance Archer storyline that already doesn't make sense, then what's the end goal? Are we just going to have Lance Archer defeat both of them? If so, that's fine. Whatever. I don't really care. It just makes it just makes little sense to me, and that's really my only gripe here. Uh, I don't I don't know. I just I'm trying to find what to make of this because if it's not Archer versus a UFC star, then what's the point? If if it's all just to do the men of the year, why do you need Dan Lambert for that? I don't know. I maybe this is a longer story that I'm just you know not making sense of, but I, I'm confused. I am confused. Um, the one of the big announcements of the night was that Big Show Paul White will be returning to in-ring action for the first time at All Out as he will face QT Marshall. I got a bone to pick here. This should not be a pay-per-view match. I understand it's Big Show's first match back, but guys, he wrestled last year. It's not like this big grand return. No offense. No offense, but this should not be a pay-per-view match. QT Marshall should not be wrestling on a pay-per-view. QT Marshall's going to be wrestling on a pay-per-view 
while the likes of Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, they're all probably going to be in the Battle Royal. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, no. I just, no. Um, I could think of, you know, men's wrestlers that probably won't be on the card. Like, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. John Moxley doesn't even have a match. I think he will. But right now he doesn't have a match against anybody. Like what what are we doing? We I understand the QT Marshall Big Show story is simple. It's like Big Show standing up for Tony Shavani. Yada yada yada. You can't just do that on Dynamite. You put that big attraction on TV. No one's going to check into All Out to see Paul White wrestle. I'm sorry. And he'll probably destroy QT Marshall in like seconds. I don't expect anything huge to come from it. It it just made it made zero sense to me. A lot of people I saw on Twitter calling it the piss break, the you know bathroom break of the show, and it probably will be. No offense, no. It's no offense to Big Show. I think Big Show, you know, is a good ad for them. He can do these one-off matches, but QT Marshall. QT Marshall didn't even fight Cody on a pay-per-view. And that was the biggest feud of his career and probably the only feud of his career that will ever matter. I don't know. I just don't get it. I guess it's the safe hand for Big Show, but why put it on pay-per-view? It just... No. No. it No. No. I can't even begin to make sense of it. I just... Mm, no. 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 No, no. Uh, I, I definitely skipped over the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express match because I forgot to write it down in my notes. But that match was fantastic. One, match of the night. Two, another defense by the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks are having a fantastic title reign. Um, ever since they've turned heel, I've absolutely loved their work. Um, when they you know, rejoined the Elite, it's just, it's just been fantastic from start to finish. And uh, I think... They needed it. They needed to turn heel more than ever. And that's why this match and their past couple have worked so well. When you get into the actual tag team match, you know, after praising the Young Buck, it's just, it's so good because Jungle Boy was bringing everything together, I thought. He was really the key cog because the fans absolutely adore him. It, it's incredible how over he is, you know, because he's so young and he's still rather raw in a lot of aspects, but people love him. And what he was able to do in this match was awesome. It was just, it was just awesome from start to finish. Uh, he had hit a brain buster on Matt Jackson onto the chair that Kenny Omega tried to slide into the ring. That was the best near fall of the game. Like, everyone in the arena believed it. Nick just barely saved him. Uh, he was just going crazy. Uh, Luchasaurus at one point took out everyone on ringside. Christian Cage tried to help out Jurassic Express. But in the end, the Young Bucks, via BTE Trigger, win the match, pin Jungle Boy in the middle of the ring. And to me, it was another great tag team title match. Just so worth your time. And speaking of the tag team titles, 
it was announced on the show that there will be a tag team tournament eliminator to crown the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Championships at All Out. And it will be contested in a steel cage. The four teams are the Varsity Blondes, Private Party, Jurassic Express getting another shot, and the Lucha Brothers. On Rampage, it will be Private Party versus Jurassic Express trying to pull off the victory. And on Dynamite next week, the final semi final the final match of the semifinals will be the Varsity Blondes versus the Lucha Bros. Listen. They are gonna they're riding with the Lucha Bros here, and I can't I'm so ecstatic. And the fact that they're doing it in a steel cage, there's a legitimate chance we are crowning the Lucha Brothers as the next tag team champions. I've been asking for that for weeks upon weeks upon months upon months, because these two are just awesome. Death Triangle's awesome. I need it. I need it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I need them to win because that only enhances AEW moving forward. And that can be the beginning of the end for the Elite as, you know, holding all the titles, which I think would be really great. Um, John Moxley cut a really interesting promo here on Dynamite. Uh, he brought up how, you know, everyone wants to now come to AEW. The brand that I carried on my back in the dark days, in the dark ages, with so much uncertainty, I carried it on my back. And you talk about best in the world. You talk about people walking through that door. I'm still the blueprint. He called out Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Christian Cage. And he hinted that CM Punk could be the man he faces it all out. It was a great promo. Um, it set up the main event for Rampage this week, which will be John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia in a singles match. MJF versus Chris Jericho was the main event of the evening. Of course, what many see as the moment of the night was when they sang the acapella a uh, version of Judas, Chris Jericho's song. They sang it for him as he was not allowed to walk out with it. And that was a moment and a half. They sang it from beginning to end. And it didn't matter in the end because Chris Jericho tapped out to MJF in the middle of the ring via salt of the earth. Jericho got risky. He tried to cheat. He used baseball bat. He was about to hit the Judas effect. He stopped. And that's when MJF locked in the salt of the earth Fujiwara armbar to make Chris Jericho tap out. This match wasn't that great, but it did a lot. It put MJF over as the next guy. It takes Jericho seemingly off television. And again, it just makes MJF look that much better. You get that big feud win despite it feeling like Jericho should, you know, beat all the pillars to beat MJF. No, that's not the case. In the end, MJF gets the last laugh. Chris Jericho can not defeat him. And before I get into the WWE previews for the week, I just I just want to reiterate and talk about 
rampage this week one more time. Before the show even starts, before the chaos ensues, I just want to talk about it one more time. Because everything changes tomorrow. And I need everyone to understand how important and exciting this is for me. Because after all these years, seven years, seven years of, you know, false rumors, people just, you know, hating, disrespecting, whether it be fans or the person itself, and never fully losing hope. Tomorrow is very special for me as a fan, more than anything else. And that's really at the core what we all are here, is a fan first. Professional wrestling is very different from other entities. When you're someone who wants to be a journalist in a field, you must not show any bias. You must be straight down the middle. And you must be someone that never shows favoritism or fandom or whatever it may be called. That being said, professional wrestling is different. We're all here because of fandom. We don't go to cover a different team. We don't step away We're all here because we love it. And tomorrow, today, it's today if you're listening to this. Rampage brings back why I'm here as a fan. CM Punk is returning. For the first time in seven years, he is returning to professional wrestling. No, WWE backstage doesn't count. The one moment of his music hitting and him walking out was, you know, one of the coolest things on WWE backstage. I was giddy for that. But he is going to walk out in the middle of the United Center with Chicago fans raving and buzzing. At the biggest AEW show of all time. And every moment of that is going to be a moment that I cherish as a fan forever. I'm a fan still to this day. Because of CM Punk. I've told the story on here. You know, 2010, 11, I was starting to fall out of it a bit. And then CM Punk changed all that. I go back and I watch all of his stuff that 
I never fully got when I was younger. And and now I sit here. And I just think I can't believe this is happening. CM Punk is coming back to professional wrestling. My favorite of all time. And he's going to be a competitor again. It's chilling. It's numbing. It's exciting. It's everything that makes professional wrestling different from anything else. I don't. I don't need CM Punk to do anything else tomorrow besides walk down that ramp. That's all I need. The moment it says CM Punk is all lead on some Twitter graphic, I'm going to freak out for that too. I've listened to Cult of Personality nonstop this week. It's a great song. It's a great song, by the way. There's no doubt, no doubt. This is just... This is the needle that needed to be moved for AEW. This is the move that is huge for them because CM Punk is one of the last few that can help change the game. I'm so excited to see my favorite back and I I cannot wait. You know, when it comes to favorites of all time, For me, it always comes down to I have a men's favorite, I have a woman's favorite. But what CM Punk does is remind me of the childhood that I had and why I loved all of this so much. So I'm not going to keep rambling on. I'm just going to make the point that I cannot wait. And I might do a bonus episode. I might not. I want to cover it somehow. Either way, I'm just so excited. Let's move on to SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver previews. We're going to preview TakeOver first, despite it be on Sunday, because it just feels right that way. So let's dig in. Five matches scheduled on the card for NXT TakeOver 36 this weekend. First up will be L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes for the Million Dollar Championship. The caveat to this one is that if Cameron Grimes loses, Ted DiBiase becomes the butler of L.A. Knight. I can't say I'm excited for this one because we've seen it twice already and neither time has been great. That being said, picking Cameron Grimes. I think Grimes finally, you know, ends this once and for all, gets his win. Please, hopefully. Um, Anyways, up to the next match. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole in a best two out of three falls match. 
This is the end. The end of the Undisputed Saga. O'Reilly, Cole, putting out the war once and for all. The two, the three falls will be in the following. The first match will be a regular singles match. The second match will be a street fight. And the third match will be inside a steel cage. I have all the confidence in the world that this match will be great. I do. That being said, I'm not nearly as excited as I was once for this. Because we've seen it so many times already. The story feels rushed. And, you know, you think about it. This could be Adam Cole's last night. And that's intriguing. Uh, It depends, you know, how we end it. This could be, by all accounts, Adam Cole's last night in NXT. And if that's the case, he's going to go out with a bang, one way or another, for his friend, for the brand that he made his, he's going to go out with a bang. And I am truly excited for this match. I'm picking Kyle O'Reilly to win the series once and for all. But if Adam Cole were to win, which I don't think he will, He's clearly staying with the company. The NXT Women's Championship is on the line as Raquel Gonzalez defends against her former tag team partner and friend, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai should win this match. I don't know who needs to hear that. She should absolutely win this match. Dakota Kai deserves a run with the NXT Women's Championship. She has. She still does. And I don't want to see her do anything else until she wins that belt. Raquel Gonzalez has not been that great of a champion. I haven't really been interested in anything she does. That being said, I'm very interested in this. Big Mommy Cool, Dakota Kai. I'm picking Dakota Kai to win this match because that's what I need. That's who I want to win. And that's who I'm going to pick to win because it just makes the most sense. Because they have Raquel in a babyface role now. And I don't see why Saray would beat her, which who I think is going to be the person. And I feel like, you know, after the match her and Kai had, you run that back a couple months down the road, Saray wins the title, Kai moves on, yada, yada, yada. This match is... Probably the most anticipated, perhaps, from the entire weekend when it comes to WWE outside of the SummerSlam main event. This is the uh, wrestling purists match, per se, but it should be a great one. Walter defends the NXT United Kingdom Championship against Ilya Dragunov in their second match. This is going to be physical. This is going to be a war. This is going to excite a lot of people. 
including myself. I've been pretty consistent in my head. If Walter loses this title, I think he's leaving WWE. He just doesn't have anything left after this. Walter, by all accounts, is not coming to the States long term. And that limits his WWE future. But I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. I think Ilya Dragunov wins this match. I think this could be Walter's last. Walter heads out of WWE, moves on from NXT UK, and goes on to do even better things because he's so good that he should be doing even better things. And finally, the main event of the evening, the NXT Championship is on the line as Karrion Cross defends against... Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's first match in over a year. His return from injury. Samoa Joe in the main event. Everything feels right here. And while we know that the future of NXT is dramatically changing, that does not mean Samoa Joe doesn't walk away as champion. Samoa Joe is walking away as champion. The first ever Three-time NXT champion in WWE history. That's my preview for NXT TakeOver. It should be a great show. And I'm very, very excited to see what happens. But now let's get to the big one. SummerSlam. In Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. With the biggest main event WWE has had in years. There is no bigger main event than this one. They have stacked the show at the top. They've brought back part-timers. They're redoing a WrestleMania match. While there are some really questionable matches on this card, they are delivering a lot of good as well. So let's kick off with something good. AJ Styles and Omos defend the Raw Tag Team Championships against RK Bro. A tag team that has captured the hearts of the WWE faithful. They earned the match this past week. And the fact that this is happening... Is so, 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 so interesting to me. You know, because Randy Orton's doing something interesting. We don't always get to say that. His team with RK Bro, his team with Riddle, has changed him in a good way. He's become very interesting. And I know people feel their ways about Riddle for, you know, what has been said and what has been, what he's been accused of. But he has been. Very, very good in this role. And this tag team will be walking out as the Raw Tag Team Champions. It's going to get maybe, maybe the biggest winning pop of the night, I think. When it comes to a big win, if I had to think about it. Um, yeah, 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 we'll go with that. All right, now we're going back-to-back bad matches. I am sorry. Um, Alexa Bliss is facing Eva Marie. I don't care. I can't believe this is on the card. It's going to be terrible. And yeah, that's that's about it. 
it's going to be awful. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, by the way, won the Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown. They could add a title match, seeing that all the other titles, I believe, are being defended. So they could add a title match, maybe a rematch with Apollo Crews, uh, try to get Kevin Owens or someone on there, hopefully, maybe. I'm not too sure. Uh, but, yeah, back to Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. I'm picking Alexa Bliss, but, again, I don't care. There's going to be doll stuff. There's going to be magic stuff. And the fact that Eva Marie is wrestling is already bad enough. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. This is not a SummerSlam match. I I understand that they have the history. I understand that. Great. Whatever. whoop de doo But that history doesn't do anything for this. Drew McIntyre has been feuding about a sword over the past month. A sword. This guy was fighting for the WWE Championship at two WrestleManias in a row, and now he's fighting over a sword against Jinder Mahal at the second biggest show of the year? Brutal. Uh, Drew McIntyre is winning this match. If they do anything else, it's just dumb. All right. Um, I would say the rest of the show is uh, pretty good, if not great. The United States champion Sheamus defends his title against Damian Priest. I think this could actually be really good. Uh, Sheamus has been awesome since his return at the beginning of last year, I think. Sounds right. Yeah, beginning of last year in 2020. Yes, yeah, um, yes, yeah, yeah, we're going to go with that. And I think Priest has it in him to go. I think he has the, he has what it takes to go with Sheamus, and this is going to be very physical. I hope there's no crappy shenanigans. I hope these two just beat the piss out of each other because that's what this should be. Um, pick a Damian Priest to win, winning his first title on the main roster, which is a big moment for him, a big spot for him, and would be very cool for him. Next up is the SmackDown Tag Team Championship belts, which are on the line as the Usos defend against the former champions Ray and Dominic Mysterio. This could be a really good match. I thought they had a really, really good match at what was it Money in the Bank. Uh, and I think this rematch can be really great as well. Of course, I'm recording this before SmackDown, so if anything's added or anything's changed, I'm not going to talk about it. I'll maybe I'll probably talk about it on my SummerSlam review in some shape or form, whether it be just writing or whatnot. Uh, that being said, I'm picking the Usos to retain. I think it would be silly to have them change the titles right now. Just this, I don't think they're the team to do that with. I'm not sure who the team is, though. Maybe the Profits? Maybe the Profits. WWE Champion Bobby Lashley defends his title against Goldberg. I don't know how to feel about this match. Because, like, part of me thinks, you know, this could be a really good, like, car crash situation. Which sounds terrible to say out loud, but, like, that's, it could be really good, I think. Like, these two could, you know, do dueling spears and whatnot. That could be fun. Uh, just smash each other, hit each other as hard as they can. But in the end, Bobby Lashley needs to walk out as WWE Champion. Any other result? 
Wrong. Terrible. Bad. I do wonder if they have anyone return to. Nah, probably not. Not probably for this. Uh, but yeah, Bobby Lashley has to win. There's no other option. Edge versus Seth Rollins. A match seven years in the making. Um, pretty big. Edge's singles match with Seth Rollins. This is, for many people, a dream match. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say dream match, but I'm very interested to see how these two work together. Um, I've liked a lot of Edge's matches since he's come back, and I'm sure that I will enjoy this one. Seth Rollins' character is relatively flat, but Seth Rollins in the ring since WrestleMania has been fantastic. And these two, I wish these two were fighting in a stipulation match almost because they have a type of feud where they just hate each other to the point where, you know, you could convince me, hey, we have to do a street fight or we'll do false cat anywhere. I always think with these stadium shows, that'd be a cool, uh, a cool idea to have. That being said... I am picking Edge to win. I think Edge needs the big win. I don't think Seth Rollins is hurt by it. Seth Rollins is interesting because him taking a loss could change a lot of things. Seth Rollins, all unless Edge is going away. You know what? I think I'd... Mm, uh, I will give... Yeah, I think Edge wins. I think Edge wins. But it should be a good match. Um, It could be one of the top matches in terms of, you know, just in-ring on the show. The Raw Women's Championship is on the line as Nikki A.S.H. defends her title. Yes, Nikki A.S.H. is still the champion. Versus Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Two women that have beat Nikki A.S.H. over the past month. This is all, to me, about Becky Lynch. I don't think they put Becky Lynch in this match, but I think at the conclusion of this match is when Becky Lynch makes her return. And that would blow the roof off the place. I don't even know if Allegiant Stadium has a roof. That's kind of funny. Picking who I think will win. Yeah, he yawned. It's very late. I don't care. Um... Man. If they're going to put Becky right back in the title hunt, it has to be Charlotte. Hmm. I, hmm. I, hmm. I mean, I think clearly it's going to be Charlotte versus Bex for a first match back. Yes, let's go with Charlotte Flair winning this match again. Get another title in there. Try to get her 17, maybe. I don't know. I don't care. Um, I'd like Rhea Ripley to win. I think Rhea versus Becky would be cool, but then Rhea might lose the title. So, yeah, I don't know about that. Nikki A.S.H. will probably win because I didn't say anything about her. The SmackDown Women's Championship rematch from WrestleMania. Bianca Belair defends the title this time against Sasha Banks. I can say confidently that this is one of the most exciting matches on the entire card because of what they did the first time. 
They had a phenomenal, phenomenal match at WrestleMania. Main event night one. It was special. That being said, it's going to take a lot to recapture that magic that they had. I think they can. I think they might. But it's going to be really difficult to do so because that first match was so good. But it's interesting because Sasha Banks is now fully healed. So, and I think that's the best form of Sasha Banks. So, I, I don't think... I don't think this necessarily is better, but it definitely could be. Um, If they want to have Becky Lynch return on SmackDown, they could always have Sasha Banks win here and set that matchup. That being said, I think we're rolling with Bianca Belair still as SmackDown Women's Champion. And the main event of SummerSlam this year, the biggest match in years for WWE, the match. The Universal Championship is on the line as Roman Reigns, who is nearing a year as the Universal Champion, Defends against the one, the only, John Cena. Roman Reigns versus John Cena. John Cena fighting for number 17. John Cena showing that he can still do this. John Cena showing that this is still his show. And Roman Reigns on the other side. This is the match Roman Reigns needs. The tribal chief, the head of the table... You beat John Cena in the middle of the ring at SummerSlam. You have exactly what you were looking for. And that's the respect, the honor, and the future belief system in him. Roman Roman Reigns versus John Cena. It's... It's so intriguing because we've only seen it once. And that was different. That was different. The way they've built this up, especially after the promos last week, you know, uh, Cena saying that Roman Reigns is the reason Dean Ambrose left WWE. Roman Reigns dissing John Cena, talking about his marriage to Nikki Bella. It, it, it's heated up all the way. Now they just need to deliver in the match. And what Roman Reigns has put on the table since becoming the champion, I have no fear this delivers. These two are going to have a match of titans. It should go... I think it should go 30 minutes at least. I think these two have what it takes to tell a story inside the squared circle that is special. They're two of the best. Two of the best. John Cena... If this is his last main event match, his last title match, if whatever it may be, we can't help but be thankful for what he is. And that's one of the best of all time. That being said, I am picking Roman Reigns to successfully defend his universal title 
against John Cena. It should be a great show, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot wait for this weekend. CM Punk, as you heard my emotions, has my excitement at all-time high. Roman Reigns versus John Cena has my excitement at a a pretty all-time high. Everything feels special. We live in this wonderful world of wrestling right now. I haven't even talked about the other promotions that are just having big weekends, big couple weeks. But this is it. This is so exciting, and I just I can't wait. So check back on the feed. Check back on my Twitter to see if I post any bonus uh, audio for SummerSlam, TakeOver, or Rampage. Until next time, guys, have a good one. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter if you haven't. And check out my articles because that always helps too. Until next time, have a good one, everybody. Personality, the cult of personality, the cult of